Good morning. Welcome to Robert Stanley Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. You know, we have so much to be thankful for this morning. We got the rain. We got the coolness of the day. We have a brand new day. We got a church in which we can worship. We're still in a country where it's free to worship. We've got the Word of God available at our fingertips. We are so blessed. Amen. You know what else it is? You know what today is? Today is April 23rd in the year 2023. You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Blessed be the name of That means He gave us another day in which we might worship Him. Amen? Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you. And we want to ask you to put up the little visitor card you'll find in front of you, place an offering place and comes around so we can have a regular visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we know the rain is kind of keeping a lot of people away. The coolest of the day. Uh, some of us just want to tell old man winter, go away. We want the warmth back. This is Texas, you know. We want that 90 degrees back pretty quick. Some of you are like, no, I don't want 90 degrees. I want the heat back. And let me tell you, uh, when I woke up this morning and felt the coolness, I was like, well, I have one thing I know for sure. I am alive. All right. So with those things being said, we have some announcements. I'd love to share with you. Right there, we've the church that's coming up. Number one, um, today, church after service at 4.30, we have a choir practice in the choir room. 6 o'clock, we have an evening worship service. So you can come and be a part of that. We're going to the choir. And that's where you need to do that at. Be there tonight at uh, 4.30 this evening in the choir room. That's in the building behind us in the administrative building. And all you have to do is show up and get seated and start singing that evening. There is no singing test. Some of you might think that. No, there is no ability to do a solo. If that's the case, they would have kicked me out about two years ago. But uh, we are looking for help in that. We are looking for those of you willing to come and join. You know, the choir is growing, and our musicians are growing. So there's available uh, talent. Then we need to put that to work. So come and let Brother Robert know about that. All right. Uh, after that, of course, we'll have our normal services throughout the week. On Tuesday, we'll have our latest Bible study at 9.30 in the morning and Thursday in the evening. Wednesday, we'll have intercession and prayer at 1130 in the sanctuary, followed by our evening Bible study and prayer service at 630. Thursday, and then we'll have our Bible study and doing moral peace at 630 as well. But I want to share with you something that's coming up next week. Well, it's a really important uh, fellowship time, if you will. It's called our Ministry Awareness Day. Some of the some of you are part of that. Uh, that's where we'll have a potluck dinner on the ground. We'll sign it out on the floor of your table. It's little and it's yellow, but there it is. And if you'll just sign up and let us know what you're bringing in there. I know that kind of, kind of goes against the term potluck, because that's what potluck is, is the luck in the pot, right? So whatever they bring is what you get. But either way, we want to kind of have an idea of what's out there, so we are kitchen staff and popping with that with other things. So if you don't mind signing up again and say, hey, this is what I'm going to bring or what I might bring in that, um, we're, in, we're asking you to do that. It's going to be a part of it. But also, on the side, church, we have our ministry, the Lord's Family Baptist Church, the men's ministry, the ladies' ministry, the singles' ministry, whatever's going on in the Lord's Family Baptist Church. Is going to be a trifold of a picture board or baskets or posters, whatever they want to make up there. So we'll give you a little information about that ministry, how you can get involved in it. There's always something to do about Baptist that church. And so uh, you are welcome to come be a part of that, get some information, and contact those ministry leaders and you can get started and be a part of that. So in the meantime, if you missed out on yesterday's news about Saturday, you missed a blessing. Ten o'clock, we had our Bible workshop, the first one of the year. It was well attended. 
going to be a blessing. The theme this year is secrets of the kingdom. And let me tell you right now, start praying for this vacation Bible school. It is going to be a blessing. Uh, I expect a ton of kids to preach praise and lots and lots and lots of kids to come. And, and because of the message and because of the theme of the vacation Bible school, I believe this is salvation to you as well. So please be in prayer about that. Uh, also in the evening, some of us gathered over at Matt Dick's house, uh, Matt and Terry's house, and we had a little food inspiration to get on that. That too was a blessing. Look for pictures of some. And next time this thing comes up, be a part of that. Uh, no reservation due, just show up and be a part of that. All right, with that being said, remind you of your Operation Christmas Child item of the month. It's inside of your bulletin. It's going to be stuffed animals for the month of April. And I think that's going to do it for our upcoming announcement. So with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. After we pray, we should rise and welcome one another. Father God, we thank you now in Jesus' name. I thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house for this morning. Bless us now as we go into worship and then we worship you in Jesus' spirit. I'm asking for your anointing to follow the Lord. Touch each and every one of us. But most of all, Father God, help us to worship you in Jesus' spirit. Help us, Lord God, to lift up your name and exalt your name and to worship you in Jesus' spirit. It's all about you, Lord God, and we're praying you would be here this morning. You would touch each and every one of us. Lord, you open our ears to hear from you. Open our eyes to see you, Lord God, and open our hearts. Those who are out, those who are sick, Lord, those who are not feeling well, I know, Father God, you couldn't get out in your own way. Please bless them and let them know the love they're thankful for. And please, Lord, bring us back together quickly in your house of worship. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. Please rise and welcome one another.
if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel old, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, saving, he's a prison shaking figure. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day instead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run at things we know that just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way freedom saving he's a prison shaking savior you got changed he's a chain breaker believe it if you receive it you can feel it somebody say you come after that, huh? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our God is a pain taker. Amen. He's a way maker. Amen. He's a chain breaker. And let me tell you right now, he's a prison shaking savior. And if he can change me, he can change you. Our God is a miracle working God. Amen. Hallelujah. When I came in this morning, I felt like everybody was kind of going around saying, Oh, goodness, it's a rainy day. Well, you know what? I'm going to be weatherman this morning. I'm going to give you the forecast. Yeah, it's raining outside, but the sun is raining inside. Amen? It's time for us to start acting like children of the King. Start worshiping like we got somewhere to go, and we do. we got heaven to get to. we got a place that we're going. We're marching on to Zion. Sure, 
waymaker. He's a pain taker. He's a prison shaking savior. And our God is with us. If you have your Bibles with you, please open and read to the book of Acts. Woo! But let me tell you, our God has reached out and touched this world. And let me tell you a little bit about the world before we go any further into it. If you're in the world, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> if you are loving your sin, then you need to repent of your sin and come to Jesus Christ this morning. Because not only does God give joy to His children, God gives eternal life to those that trust in Him and those who believe in Him. And so we're going to take a little bit of a look at that this morning. We're looking at a sermon that's entitled An Action-Packed Chapter. I don't know about you, but when I get in my Bible, I get excited. You're one of those that says, I just can't get excited about the Bible. I don't know what you're reading then. Because not only is it action-packed, it's exciting. I can't put it down. To me, it is brand new. Every time I pick it back up, I'm learning something. In fact, it is meat for men. It is milk for babes. It is that which sustains us, that which takes us, that which carries us when our bodies are weary and our bodies are hungry. The Word of God is what will take you past where you were to where you need to be. Somebody say amen this morning. You need to get into the Bible. You know what the Bible is? It's basic instructions before leaving earth. That's what you need to do to get back in your life here. Get back in your relationship with God. Let me tell you something. If you're joining us this morning online, I want to encourage you. Get here in the sanctuary. Experience what God is doing. Worship with us. Not just worship with us, but read with us. Study with us. Be a part of what God is doing here. Get up off the couch and get in the house of God and get to be a part of what God is doing in Copper Cove. God is doing things here. We're in the book of Acts chapter 12. We're going to read quite a few verses, so I'm going to ask you to, to bear with me, so I'm going to read through them kind of fast here. Give you a second to turn with me to Acts chapter 12. Now, the book of Acts is actually a powerful book. A lot of us like to consider it like Luke part 2. Uh, but Acts really is what happens after our faith in Jesus. So the Greek word for Acts is proxies. That's our actual title of it. We call it Acts of the Apostles, proxies. We get our English word practice from practice. And so this is how to put your faith into practice. That's what the book of Acts is. How do you get your faith from just believing in Jesus? It's all you need. But what happens when you believe in Jesus? You're going to find yourself doing things you never thought you'd do before because you believe. You're going to find yourself being places you never thought you'd be because you believe. He gives you a whole new... You know what? I'm starting to preach already. Hey, we got started yet. Acts chapter 12, look at me in verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And that was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers. And to give you an exact number, four squads, if you read an old King James, or one of those older versions, it may say something like four quaternions. That's literally 16 soldiers. He has four squads of four. Yes, 16 soldiers. Four squads of soldiers keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. 
Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city and opened them with stone cord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent this angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is this angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when, he had, when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down to Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Verse 20, Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made blasphemous between personal aid and his friends, they asked for peace, because the country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. He gave a speech. And the people kept shouting, The voice of a god and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck them because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Say, Holy Father, help me now in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word, Lord. It is quick and it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray right now, Lord, that your word will cut down into our hearts and into our lives. That if there be anyone that needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior, if there be anyone who needs to give their heart to you, would let this morning be the morning, Lord. Glorify, magnify your name, Father God, and may we grow and be edified in your word. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, our next slide is going to have a graphic picture. There it is, right there. We have James, the brother of John, getting his head cut off with a sword. That is James, the brother of John. And so uh, the king, when he had this done, realized it made the Jewish people happy. And so he reaches out, and the Bible tells us he grabs Peter. That's what we're picked up right here. So Acts chapter 12 is an action-packed chapter. Let me tell you right now, if you think the Bible is boring, you're reading something different. I don't know what it is you say. Well, Pastor, I'm stuck in the book of Numbers. I'm reading Numbers and Numbers and Numbers. You know what? Read past those and you're going to get into talking donkeys. You're going to get into all kinds of things in the book of Numbers. It's a powerful book. You say, well, Pastor, I'm in First Chronicles. You know what? Get past chapter 1 and it'll be really interesting. Some of you might say, I can't stand the book of Job. Get past the first two or three chapters and the book of Job becomes amazing. But chapter 12 of the book of Acts is an action-packed chapter. There's no doubt about it. Anyone who claims that the Bible is boring has clearly never read this chapter. We have now, of course, depending on the version that you use, 
There's about 675 words in the book of Acts chapter 12. Luke describes the two events of James dying by the sword, Peter guarded by 16 soldiers in the prison, and freed by an angel of the Lord, a king dying because the angel of the Lord struck him, and he was eaten by worms, and Peter miraculously going to a home where many people were praying. And my Bible says fervently praying, constantly for him. And that's what we're going to start in our sermon this morning, because I don't know about you, but it seems like we're in an action-packed world right now. Have you turned on the news lately? Now, I'm not going to preach to you about what's happening in the news. But some of you are already going, goodness gracious, because there's a lot happening. The fact is, is within days, whatever was big in the news changes to something else that quick, isn't it? It's moving quickly, rapidly, from one thing to another, from one thing to another, from politics to civil war. And right now, they're looking at civil war in Sudan. Let me tell you right now, it's a very fast-paced world. And Acts chapter 12 is very fast-paced. And we get our first picture of what the church needs to be doing in a fast-paced world. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 12 that Peter's church was praying for him. And that's the first thing we need to start doing as a church. Somebody say amen this morning. We need to start praying. The Bible says that they were praying fervently, constantly for him. Now that Greek word fervently there is Go ahead and say it with me if you can. Exenos, it actually means fervently in Greek. So the question I have for you is, do you believe that prayer really makes a difference? Some of you say amen because you've seen God answer your prayers. You've seen God make a difference in your family. And some of you have been praying for grandchildren. Some of you have been praying for children to come to know Jesus Christ. And you've watched that loved one get saved. And what a difference it makes in a family. Amen? You know the power of prayer. And so the question we need to ask is, do you believe that prayer makes a difference? So what does fervent prayer mean? How is it different, if you will, from regular prayer? Because Peter's church was fervently praying. And that's what the church needs to be doing today, is praying fervently. We need to start praying on our knees with our hearts poured out in the Word of God, not with fear, not with trembling, but with the spirit of a sound mind and strength, knowing that God is at charge. Now, somebody wants to come to me and say, Pastor, everything's falling apart. I'll beg you differently. It's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Our God is in control and He's still on the throne. And let me tell you a little secret this morning. There's nothing that catches God by surprise. Not one thing does God say, Oh my goodness, I did not see that coming. Never once is He up in heaven saying, I didn't think about that. No, no, no. He knows what's happening. He knows why it's happening. And my Bible tells us He's working for good in all things to those that believe on Him and are called according to His purpose. And you know what, church? You are called according to God's purpose. So let's examine some of those purposes this morning. Number one, the church is called, listen to me now, because you've got to come in close because we forget this all the time. The church is called to save the lost. We are called to bring the everlasting gospel message to those that are lost in their sin. We're supposed to be bringing the good news, the message of Jesus Christ, to those that are dead and dying in their sin. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. That's what our number one job is to seek and save that which was lost. Some people say, well, no, the number one job is to praise God. No, that is a product of being obedient to God. 
when we start obeying, we find ourselves praising. And our praise won't be empty. Our praise will be spirit-filled. Have you ever been to a church that can't stop praising God? Do you know why they're on fire? It's because they've been obedient in some way. Where we fail as a modern-day church is the family. We fail in sharing the gospel. We're afraid to do it. Why are we afraid to do it? Because we're afraid some Muslim will get mad at us. We're afraid some atheist will get offended. You know what else happens nowadays? It's the year 2023. I started out this message by saying it's April 23, year 2023, and that means absolutely nothing. But you know what? There's something to April 23, 2023. It is a year and a day in which homosexuality is accepted in our country as normal. We need to be a loving church who gets out and says, you have to repent because Jesus has fixed a day in righteousness which He will judge this world. It's our number one job. We need to do it with love, not in the spirit of fear. We need to do it with a sound mind and we need to do it with boldness and What's another job of the church? Are you ready for this? Because you may not really like the job of the church. The church, number one, the focus is to seek and save that which is lost, to evangelize. What's the second part of the church? Are you ready? To equip the saints to share the gospel. That is the job of the church, to equip the saints to share the gospel. Little do you know, but every message that I preach to you, I put in how to share your faith. I put in equipped. I put in ideas, I put in thoughts, and I want to encourage you. Not just that, but I want to show you that you don't have to be afraid of an atheist. You have the power over them. You've got the Holy Ghost and God's Word on it. You've got God's promise in it. And let me tell you something. If you're obedient in God's Word and God's promises, you're going to find out your worship becomes so much more meaningful. Are you looking for a church this morning that says, I need somewhere where I can truly worship? You know what you need to do. You don't need to find a church with guitars and drums. You need to find a church that's obedient. And when you start becoming obedient, you will start worshiping. Now, the Bible tells us the church has got those jobs. You can say that which is lost. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to be equipping the saints to seek and to say that which is lost. What is the third part of the church? You know what I believe the third part of the church is? When you come to church, you shouldn't see super saints. You should see broken saints. that have been out in the world saying, I need to be recharged. I need to be reset. I need to be encouraged because all week long I've been sharing the gospel with atheists, homosexuals, with Muslims, with people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. You know something else? You know what we're coming into here? Because we are arguing and fighting now with Sabbath keepers with Seventh-day Adventists, with uh, Mormons, with Jehovah's Witnesses. And you know what? What you need to do is hold true to the Word of God. If you hold on to it, you'll find yourself winning, not just every debate, but you'll find yourself being what God calls you to be, a witness and a light in the darkness. And so you're going to find the more obedient you become, the more God puts in your path. And so as I look at Acts chapter 12, I like to think of they became so obedient that the king reached out and killed James, the brother of John. I don't know about you, but that's not really a good reason to rejoice if you think about it. 
How many of us would rejoice about that? Hey, we had a church member killed today. Did you ever say, praise God. Most of us would start crying. But not this church. Not this church. I love this church. They get on their knees and start praying. Not just that, but the king reaches out and grabs Peter and puts him in prison. Two of their church leaders are now out of action. And this church knows what to do. They're on their knees and they're praying. And the Bible says they're praying fervent prayer. Now, fervently means constantly. It means consistently constantly. In fact, I used a very old dictionary someone gave me a little while ago from the year 1828. So that was a lot of fun. People ask me about Pastor, you love history? I do. You get a chance to visit me in office. There's history you can hold in your hand. And one of the things I have in there is an old Webster's dictionary, 1828. And when you look up the word fervent or fervently, it means to boil and to so I like to think of this church fervently praying, and they're praying to the point where it is boiling. Are you hearing me now? Have you ever watched water on your stovetop start to boil? The bubbles are starting to rise up. The steam is starting to come out. And if you have a tea kettle, it starts to whistle. Let me tell you, church, when we start praying fervently, we'll start boiling in our spirit. We'll start steaming up this world. And let me tell you, we will make a whistle the world cannot deny. The Bible also says, well, not the Bible, I'll get there, it says, fervently to be defined as a form of Jesus. We don't have that problem much anymore. Back in the days, if you saw swarm bees, chances are you want the other direction. You know why? Because those bees would sting you. When the church starts praying, when the church starts praying fervently, the world is going to say, I don't want to be around no praying people. They got a sting on them that hurts. When I was young, went off to seminary, the very first school I went to was Hyderabad University. And their mascot is a yellow jacket. And you know, I used to get sick of how it came because they would, during singing their alma mater song, they would stick up their little yellow jacket singing. And I would think that is so wimpy. Oh, but I said, so wimpy. In fact, when I went on to my master's degree, I went on to Harvey Simmons, and Harvey Simmons mashed out the cowboy. And I remember how they recruited me. They said, you can put your little finger down, and we like to stand up and hold our heads up high. You don't have to hold your finger up. You can hold your head up. But I questioned some of those good, those wise people at Harvey Simmons. I said, you know, you've got to come up with something better than a little finger. He said, Pastor, I'll never see this. He said, Pastor, have you ever been in a room on a yellow jacket made what happened? I said, generally speaking, all humans leave. He said, they will get right out. Well, I'll leave that for the man of the house. Take care of it. He said, you know what? That's the point of the yellow jacket. You've got to stand and learn what to do. You've got to stand this world can't deal with. When you get to praying and you start to boiling and you start to swarming, the world is no match for you. The Bible tells us that where two or three of us are gathered in His name, there He is with us. The Bible tells us, listen to me now, when two or three are gathered together, that He will give us whatever we pray for. The Bible tells us that the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. We need to start boiling and start swarming again because God needs us to be fervently praying about what's happening in this world. Now I can imagine Peter was thankful, really thankful about God's church swarming when they were praying. Of course, 
you look at Peter, though, Peter's asleep. He's asleep inside that prison. Now, we have a plethora of different kinds of people. A lot of sadly bad people. We've got PhDs and GEDs. We've got active duty. We've got retirees. We've got civilians. And we've got those that don't even work. I wonder, I wonder how many of us would be able to say, I can sleep anywhere. When you talk to a soldier, they'll say, man, I've been out in the field. I can sleep in the rain. I can sleep when it's dry. I can sleep when it's hot. I can sleep when it's cold. How many of us would say, I can sleep in a prison and How many of us could do that? Now, the good news is, I've been asleep in a backseat prison penitentiary. Not as the inmates say. Amen. <laughs> Let me throw that out there real quick. I've been asleep in there. Let me tell you, it's hard to sleep in there because prisons never sleep. They don't ever be quiet. They're like New York at night. Cities that never sleep. They're like Los Angeles. And here lately, top of the show. Amen. Let me tell you, it never goes to sleep in prison. It's hard to sleep in. They have very little time to sleep. They're never Never are the lights out because it's maximum security. Let me tell you, bad things happen. You want me to tell you these things? Listen to me closely now. But we quit shining our light that God has given us, or we quit being the light of the world when bad things happen in this world because we have quit being the voice of righteousness. We have quit being a people of prayer. We have quit being a people of principle. We have quit being His people. And it's time for us to get back into fervent prayer where we boil and swarm because our God is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? Peter, I'm sleeping those dogs. Year 2023, and I can't sleep between two men even now. Can you imagine it in Peter's time frame where there's no such thing as white guys? No, 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 no. These guys are in armor and sweaty and nasty and stinky. I ain't trying to hear it. No. Peter fell asleep. You know why he fell asleep? Because he's confident that no matter what happens, God is in God. He's confident that no matter what's happening outside, that he can't see, he can't control, he doesn't know that. He ain't worried at all. He knows that God is in control and that God's will will be done no matter what. I love the apostles. Well, this came in to become a church that prays. We need to be a church that prays fervently until we start boiling, until we start boiling. That's really not I want to go look at those three incidents in Acts chapter 12. I want to do it quickly. Three incidents in Acts chapter 12. Those three incidents are, of course, the death of James, John's brother. Peter imprisoned and subsequently freed. And the death of Herod. What a horrible way to die. Let's begin with the death of James. Quickly now, his brother is John. The death of James. I had three brothers. There isn't a one that died that I did not grieve for. So I wonder how John must have felt. The 
days his brother was returning. I wonder if his heart grieved. I wonder if he, like a modern-day church member, got on his knees and said, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you picking on me? Why are I suffering? Why is my family suffering when all I've ever wanted to do was serve you? I need you to understand something, Christian. And you need to understand this is coming from Pastor's heart. The closer we get to God, the more we serve God, the more this world will hate us, the more the devil will do everything in his power to stop us. And sometimes that means he'll take loved ones and family out of our lives. The king is beheaded. When I became a Christian, over three quarters of my family came to the cross. When you give your heart to Jesus, there comes punishment. Jesus said, you've got to pick up your cross and follow after me. Jesus said, you've got to die to yourself daily. Church, God, brother, is beginning. In fact, the Bible calls them going to John the Son of the Thunder. You ever wonder why they called the Son of the Thunder? I've often thought maybe because they were loud like me. I thought perhaps it's because they're brash. I think that's probably a better description. They were brash and unpredictable. You didn't know when it was going to thunder. You didn't know what happened. But you did know when they spoke. And when they acted, you knew when the sun and Boazin the thunder. So I wonder, finally, after this time with Jesus, that he was no longer a son of thunder, but became a son of of God. And he began to give his heart to Jesus and let the peace of God rule and not his emotions take in charge and not allowing his temper to control. Is that the God you just want? Are you one of those this morning that says, Boy, when I get mad, the world had better look out. I'm a son of thunder. Are you one of those this morning that says, You may not know what's going to set me off, but you know it's going to happen because there's going to be a flash of lightning and then the boom! God, 
works for good and all things to those who believe in Him and are called according to His purpose. Now, James was beheaded. How does God work for good in that? Well, let's take a look in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, what the Bible says. Now, Saul was consenting to his death. We know who, who Saul is. This is Saul, who's going to later on become the Apostle Paul. Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution, the Bible says, arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the Apostles. Those apostles stuck around. You know why apostles stick around? Because they are tougher than fleas on a dog. <laughs> They're tougher to get rid of than a woman's pair of shoes. <laughs> These are apostles. And they had their faith set. This is where God wants us. And what? comes is what comes, whether it be death, whether it be life, whether it be imprisonment, whether it be poverty, it does not matter. Whatever he calls me is what I'm going to do. And the Bible says the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. But the rest of the church, the Bible says in Acts 8 verse 1, scattered. They scattered. You ever seen three students? I love the three students. You know what most catchphrase was? Spread out. Spread out. And so I get the picture of the church. When persecution came, that one person in the church said, Oh my goodness, let's spread out. And they all, like three students, started running. Started going somewhere. Started heading somewhere. They didn't know where they were going. But with them, what something precious? The message of salvation, the everlasting gospel of God. And look how God uses it. Look at me in verse 4 of Acts chapter 8. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the Word. I want you to know something, church. If we do not be the evangelist He called us to be, if we do not share the Word throughout this world, then persecution will rise up and force us to go preaching. Once again, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. However, don't forget that church was praying fervently, boiling and swarming. They were praying fervently. But, we believe in Romans 8, 28, we've got to ask that question, how did God work for good for the disciple who was in the flock? Because God is the one who lost his brother. How do you think God worked for good in that? How do you think John felt about the death of Jesus? I don't know about you, but I had two big brothers. One of them's dead, and I cried like a baby. I still remember the day it happened, but sometimes in the middle of the night, I relive that moment when I wake up. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How do you think it affected God? I think it created something interesting. I look at James and John a little differently than some other pastors of people. I look at them as a cohesive unit. Those brothers, like me and my little brother, were in Back wherever they went, people knew James and John were there. I like to think of them as guys who never actually grew up. They're in their 20s, they're in their 30s, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s, but they're still acting like they're 17. You know these guys? They are constantly playing, they're silly, they're joking, and it doesn't matter if anybody else gets a joke, they think it's hilarious. Those two guys. And they don't even care what you think about it. They love each other. And if one ever got messed with, the other was like this. I would imagine James, in my opinion, the older brother, 
James, the big brother James, the defender of the family name. There's one John the victory says, help me to What do you think happened when James was reduced to the picture? I believe that John, the writer of the Gospel of John, the one who wrote for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The one who wrote, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing ye might have life in his name. The one who wrote in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The one who wrote that what we need is No longer was it me, God, and James. Now it's God. He began to rely completely on God. You one of those today? I've got to have that third person. Me, God, and this other person. You don't need that other person. You need me and God. That other person's a blessing. Not your life. Certainly not yours. James was the bigger brother in John has it, and then rely completely on God after his death. Nothing now remembers that relationship between John and God. I'd love to use my older brother as an example. I remember, I remember, church, this is me now, quickly now, this is from my childhood, and it's something someone asked me to bring up this week. So, Pastor, could you use an example from your childhood? I'll give you one that touches my heart. My family, as you know, spent many years in Germany. And I remember one of the few times we flew back to the United States. We flew back for a little while and then we got sent back to Germany. And on our arrival back to Germany, things seemed so different. They seemed so different. Germany, in that time frame, in the time of the Cold War, where it was divided by communism and the free world, was like living in a black and white city. It was. And at the fall of the wall, it was like color started Looking back in, but now when I was just over in Poland, the black and white is coming back, y'all. It's coming back. The communism, the Marxism, the evil is coming back, and we need to be fervently praying, warming, and boiling about what God would have our church, His church, on this earth to do. I remember the year, about 1981, 1982. I remember we were arriving back. I remember walking to school. We had no idea what the style would have changed from city to city to down to down. You know, I remember walking to school with me and my brother. Somebody came up out of nowhere and pointed and started laughing at me and my little brother. He was laughing at a But my big brother understood, and immediately he defended I think of James that way. He was the defender of the family, the one that John relied on, like I relied on my big brother all my entire life until I met Jesus Christ. John had to take his reliance, his dependability from James and put it on Jesus. Does that describe you this morning? And you're thinking, well, I'm here for the church to take care of me. The church doesn't need to take care of you. Jesus takes care of you, and you need to put your dependence on Him. The Bible says that James is a good servant. 
so the question comes to us, which mightier, the pen or the sword? Well, the Word of God written by the pen is much mightier than the sword ever could be because they spread out, they scattered in those pieces. And so we can see from our first picture there of the death of James is that God did something great with it. He caused the church to become evangelist. Let's take a look at our second one now. We're running out of time here. The imprisonment of Peter. Remember now the church is fervently praying. Remember, they're swarming and they're boiling. So the church ends up having Peter put in prison. Say, what, what happened there, Pastor? Well, when the king reached out and killed James, it pleased the Jews. And in the temple, the king was pleasing those around him. The Bible says he grabs James. He puts it, excuse me, he grabs Peter and puts him in prison with the intent to also uh, execute him. And so the church begins praying. I wonder what would have happened if the church had started praying when James was grabbed. I wonder how God would have intervened there. However, they're starting to learn, too, that there's nothing impossible with God. They started praying. And guess what's going to happen? You already know what's going to happen. Peter gets delivered. So the church fervently prays. The church ends up coming together, becoming one, and they see an answer from God. But let's look at Peter this morning. We could spend more time on the church praying, and God knows we need to, but I need to share with you what God put on my heart this morning here. Let's look at Peter. Peter's in prison, and look at me again in Acts 12, verse 10. When they were past the first and the second guard post, this is after the angel struck him on the side, woke him up, said, put your shoes on, we're leaving, pal, and out goes Peter. Take a look at me in verse 10. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Church, Peter goes through two guard posts and an iron gate. Now that's a picture for us to look at and to learn from. And so you need to see the picture of us growing in Christianity. Sometimes we think we're stuck. Sometimes we think we're living in a prison. Sometimes we think the church is holding us back. Well, deep down inside, what we need to do is let God lead us through the guard post out the iron gate into the city. And when you get out into the city, you're going to find yourself doing what church people are supposed to do. Now, here's Peter for you. He goes through two guard posts. I like to think of these guard posts for me and how I put it to work in my life. It's two pictures in my life. Number one, my first attempts at evangelism weren't with strangers. They weren't with Muslims. They weren't with Hindus. They were with my family. And so I want to encourage you this morning to take the gospel to your family. Let me tell you, your children need Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Your daughters, your sons, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister needs Jesus Christ. And so I like to look at that first guard post as our family. If you're going to be a Peter who can walk out into the city delivered by God, then you need to start sharing the gospel, one with your family. That's that first guard post in my picture there. How I look at it there differently than most other theologians. However, I want to look at that as a picture of something we look at as a stumbling block. Something that scares us. Something we're afraid to go past. I can't share the gospel with my family. They'll get mad at me. But you know what? If you love your family, you can't help but share the gospel with them because you want them in heaven with you. You want them to be with you. So you've got to become a Peter and get past that first guard post. What about the second guard post? What does that represent to you? What does that represent to you? You know what the second guard post was to me? Wherever I worked. Wherever I worked, sharing my faith was scary. You say, Pastor, did you ever work anywhere but the church? Unfortunately, yes. I know. 
I still have this scar. <laughs> uh, however, the second guard post represents wherever you might work. Where we're afraid to share the gospel because we're afraid that someone will uh, send us up to the front of the Someone will eat over us. Someone will complain about us and send us out. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is more powerful than anything this world can ever throw up, bring up, or be about. God Almighty is able to deliver you. What about the Iron Gate? What about the Iron Gate? You know what the Iron Gate is? The Iron Gate is being able to preach the word of the gospel. See, it's one thing to share the gospel with your family. It's another thing to share the gospel with friends and people you know. It's really hard to share the gospel with people you don't. And I believe that's the picture of the Iron Gate. Sharing the gospel with people Like real quick, and then you're like, oh my goodness, it's over. <laughs> like Peter did. Through the iron gate, when you start sharing the gospel with people you don't know. And so people ask me, Pastor, how do you do it? Well, number one, I like street preaching. Number two, I like personal evangelism. I like witnessing. Number three, when I can't witness, I leave gospel tracks. I want to go to you. Get a gospel track. Leave it somewhere for somebody to find. He says, does it really work? That's how I came back to God. A silly old gospel. Last but not least, let's take a look at the death of the city. We look at John and John and how the death of his brother James affected him and it affected the church. We looked at Peter in prison, how it affected the church, causing him to pray, and how it affected Peter, making him bold to go to wherever the world may open its doors. Let's take a look at three. The death of the city. You got to read how Herod died. Eaten by worms. What's the picture? I think that's the simplest one of them all. Are you ready? God still makes There is nothing this world can decree, nothing this world can do, nothing this world can set up to stop the advance of the gospel of God's grace. Rather than boiling this world for a situation in your life, Start praying fervently, watching your faith for God to cause change to fall on the person and situation you're praying. And we sang a song this morning called Change. In fact, it's hard to get out of your heart once you've heard it. Our God is a change taker. Our God is a way maker. Our God is a savior. He is a change breaker. He's a prison shaker. Heard the words of that song. You heard the words of Acts chapter 12 this morning. He opened the prison for Peter. Would you like to be in prison this morning? Would you be willing to come to Jesus? For he is a prison shaker. Would you be grieving and hurting like John was over his bones? Would you sing that song with me this morning? I'm looking for that church. I'm looking for that place. Let me tell you, our God is a way maker. Ask Peter. He didn't know where to go or what to do. So God showed up and said, follow me. Is that what you need this morning? Perhaps it's your house. I'm looking for a church to be a man. God is calling you to be here.
invite you to come this morning. Put Jesus in your heart. You need to get saved. You need to get uh, back to Jesus. You need to repent. You need to be Whatever the case may be, you need to be to come this morning. Get it right with Jesus. Say, say, Father, come to me in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God, that you live here. Take charge now. Because if anyone needs to come to know you, anyone needs to make a decision for you, let today be that day. We give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' holy name. Come as we sing. Jesus is tenderly calling. Would you come with us?
he is part of our security team. He is the security guy at chef. Whenever I'm at office, I step out, you know who I see? We're going to pray for him and ask God to bless him. Did you say amen? He says he's born again, blood bought Christian, says he's been baptized. So he's waiting to get a busy with what God is doing right now. Please, continue your prayers. I'm going to see if someone can help me with that. Lord, this morning. Church, you know Tyler. The Tyler comes this morning and says, Please get prayer. In fact, he's praying today. He has given his heart to Jesus, as you already know, he's been born again, blood bought Christian. He says, I need to get right with God. He's been dedicated. We're going to pray for him and support him in his decision. Would you say amen? Make sure you come by and hug him. Well, with that being said, don't forget about the things that are going on at Rock Family Baptist Church. Lots of things happening. Get involved. Get plugged in and be a part of that. Uh, don't forget this evening we have several services that you'll be a part of. And so, with that being said, let's go. Sing that word of prayer. And I'm going to ask Brother Robert Wade, would you close with your prayer for this time?